have His Word in your heart tonight? Amen. Are you thankful for the Word of God tonight? Amen. 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 Thank you, choir, for leading us in worship tonight. Amen. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. I feel like God wants to do something special in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. Just reading one verse of Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. Amen. And I echo Brother Dwayne. It is so good to be here on Sunday night with each and every one of you. It's always good to come into the house of the Lord, regardless what day it is. Amen. But it's especially good to be here tonight. And I feel like God wants to do something great here tonight. First Peter chapter 3, verse 20. They're going to put it up for you. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, because of their disobedience of long ago, for during the time of Noah, God patiently waited while the ark was being prepared. But only a few were brought safely through the floodwaters, a total of eight souls. In the message, he said, you know, even though God waited patiently, Say patiently. All the days that Noah built his ship, only a few were saved then, eight to be exact, saved from the water, by the water. The waters of baptism do that for you, not by washing away dirt from your skin, But by presenting you through Jesus' resurrection, Jesus has the last word on everything and everyone from angels to armies. Said God patiently waited while the ark was being prepared, but only a few were brought safely through the floodwaters, a total of eight souls. Tonight, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on this subject. The wait for eight. The wait for eight. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, and that you would help me, oh God, to deliver your word. God, to instruct your people, God, and to wake us up in the hour in that we are living. God, and see that you are long-suffering. And see that you are still a very patient God. And you're waiting for somebody in this place. You're waiting on a loved one. You're waiting on somebody that we know. Oh God, and we don't want to take it for granted. But God, we also understand the responsibility that rests on our shoulders. God, that weight that we carry tonight. God, for however many. God, that it be necessary. Lord, help us, guide us through your word tonight. In the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen you can be seated in the house of the Lord long before the rain fell God declared my spirit will not always strive with man 
we find that humanity at this point in time is in full control. Flesh has the final say in this hour. And God is sitting there and God is grieved. And the word says three times that the earth was corrupt and full of violence. That everywhere that you turned, every building you looked into, every street corner, you saw evil. You saw destruction. You saw trouble. And it feels that way in our world today. That when you walk out of the safety of your home and you walk down the street or you walk in the mall or you walk into a building, a business, that it just seems like the enemy and the world is having a heyday. And it was so in the days of Noah. Genesis 6 verses 5 through 7 said, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. That evil was all over and that the world was in such a bad place that God said, you know what, I'm just, I'm gonna have to just wipe it all. Not just the man, not just the woman, but the animals and the creeping thing and everything that they've built with their hands because everything they've touched, everything they've been a part of is unclean and, and it's just grieved me to the point. It repents me that I've even made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The long-suffering God waited for eight people God waited for Noah and his family the word long-suffering means that God doesn't lose heart it means he perseveres patiently he is mild and slow in avenging he's slow to anger and slow to punishment is anybody thankful he's a long-suffering God tonight we don't like him to be long-suffering when it's somebody else and it's our enemy and our adversary. We want him to avenge us quickly. But I want to know tonight, what about when it's my eight? What about when it's my family? What about when it's the ones in my circle? That's when I want God to be long-suffering and I want him to be patient and I want him to wait for eight Based on numbers, there are different ideas and different opinions and different commentaries and scholars that have different opinions. And, you know, I'd call some of them, but they're not here today. But the, they come up with this idea that most believe that God had begun dealing with Moses at the age of 480 to build this ark. I want you to wrap your mind around that. This isn't a cute fairy tale story tonight. That Noah was 480 years old when God began to deal with him to begin this process of building an ark. I don't know about you, but I can't fathom right now 
with all the tools we have, with all the resources we have, with Home Depot and Lowe's and Kilgore Lumber Yard and McCoy's and all these places that we can go to and get all these supplies and all of these things. I can't fathom at 34 years old trying to build what God has asked Noah to build at 480 years old. But if he did begin this process at 480, then he would have started this process 20 years before ever even having his first son. And not only does Noah build it in the midst of scoffers and unbelievers, but also that against all human probability of it ever really ever being needed, other than the word of God told him, I am going to send rain and I need you to build this ark. It was 120 years before this ark was ever even going to be required. But it takes time. It takes preparation. It takes dedication. It doesn't just happen overnight. They say Rome wasn't built in a night. Well, neither was the ark. It took Noah a long time to do everything just the way that God said it. And sometimes we come into the house of God and we feel like we've been going through the process for a while and God's saying, hey, just hang with me and I promise there's going to come a day and there's going to come a moment where you're going to thank me that that I waited patiently, uh, that I waited as long as I did and it's going to make sense then why you're doing what you're doing now. He started preparing a place for his wife and his sons and their three wives while he was yet childless. He was preparing rooms for them before they were ever present. He was preparing a place for them before he ever held the baby in his arms. And some of you, if you don't have children yet, I encourage you, don't wait until they're there. Don't wait until they're growing up before you say, I need to build something. I need to implement some things for my family. You start doing it now. If they're young, let them help you build your altar. Let them help you build the ark. Let them get beside you and see you at work and say you don't know it yet but one of these days this is going to save us right now it seems like just walls and paint right now it just seems like we've got some stuff here for you but there's going to come a day where you're going to be thankful for this place there's going to come a day where when you sit on these pews and you lift your hands you're going to say thank you dad that you built me a safe place thank you dad that you prepared an ark for me. Nobody knows that weight like Noah. But in that plan, the ark God provides was literally quite sufficient. It was a vessel, a box, or what some would even have deemed a coffin. No, this wasn't a vessel for navigation, but it was a vessel for salvation. There was no sails, no rudders, no steering wheel. Just get in and hang on because the storms are going to come. 
The deep's going to open up. The windows of heaven are going to open up and it's going to rain. And the storms are going to come and it's going to toss you around. I don't need all of the bells and whistles. I don't need a pool with the water slide on this boat. I don't need a food court on this boat. I don't need karaoke and comedy and magicians. I don't need entertainment. I'm not on a cruise ship trying to enjoy the pleasures of this life. This vessel that I need, all I need it to do is save my family. All I need it to do is what God said it would do. And if it takes that then I will build it. I will do whatever God asks of me if it ensures my safety. I'm not interested in just being entertained. I want to be saved in this present hour. Raining 40 days and 40 nights is rough, but that is only the beginning. For even after it rains 40 days and 40 nights, the flood continued for 150 days. Some of us experienced some great flooding a couple years ago. And the raining that went on for a day and then another day and then another day was enough to drive people crazy to the point where when it rained months later, people had issues literally because of the rain that they heard for three or four days straight when Hurricane Harvey came through Houston. And then you find Noah and his family here for 40 days. And 40 nights of continual rain. And then the flood continuing for 150 days. And the Bible says that the waters prevailed. And were increased greatly upon the earth. It says that the hills were covered. And the mountains were covered. It said all flesh died. Foul cattle, beast, every creeping thing, and every man had died. And I want us to think about that a minute. I don't know what the population was at that present hour. I don't know how many animals there were all over the earth. But when you think for just a moment that other than the eight souls that were saved and the animals that God sent onto the ark, everything was about to change. Everything was about to be completely covered with water. Every animal, every creeping thing, every human being, every store, every building, every tree, every bit of crop, everything they knew was underwater to the point where they find sea creatures. They find their fossils in mountaintops because the earth was literally covered with water. And there are mountain creatures that are found in the bottom of ocean oceans because the flood just took everything and wiped every bit of it out and again this is more than some cute little book that you can buy at Walmart or Target this is the word of God this is something that happened and God looked down at humanity and he said I know it's only eight and I know it's only a few animals but it's worth it because I love these people because Noah found grace in my eyes and he's worth waiting for and his family is worth waiting for and I want to make sure that I am patient with them everything changed the very structure of earth everything they knew gone the store they used to go to wasn't there anymore 
The old restaurant that they wanted to visit all the time was gone. Everything, bye-bye. But God saved eight people and God was with them. And there was a total blotting out of everything else. Some people think the mountains before them are a problem. Try being Noah before it was 73 days before he ever saw the tip of the mountaintops. Forty days later that Noah sends out a raven. Then one year and ten days after Noah entered the ark, the earth dried. It was not forty days and forty nights and then we're done. It was a year and ten days after Noah and his family entered the ark before the earth dried. And we are all here ultimately because of God. We said that this morning, that if it had not been for the Lord, not one of us would be here. But because Noah persevered, because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, not only was Noah kept, but humanity was saved. That when the rest of the world was wicked, God had a love for Noah that was worth waiting for. I'm thankful that there are men like Noah that in a wicked world will still obey the voice of God, that will still want to please God and want to live a right life, and that God, even now in this present hour, the reason He's not come back yet is not because He's late and not because He's taken a nap, but it's because He is being patient and long-suffering, and He's waiting on some Noahs to finish the job. He's waiting on some Noahs to get the job done so that their family can be saved as magnificent as this ark was and as massive as it was and as much it did have room for have you ever thought about what did not fit there was necessity and this was what God instructed them to bring I need you to bring yourself I need you to bring your spouse. I need you to bring your three sons. And I need them to bring their spouse. I need seven pair of every clean animal by pair. I mean male and female. I need one pair of every unclean animal. And by pair, I mean male and I mean female. And seven pair of every kind of bird. And by pair, I mean male And I mean female. Because if this thing's going to be the way I need it to be, there's no confusion there. There's no confusion years down the road. What I mean when I say pair, I mean a male and a female. And as you can see, this great big ark starts seeing all of these animals start entering in. And and two by two they come. And the pair of this one and the pair of that one. And they pile in the ark. And you see the pictures of the ark. And, and some of you may have been to the ark uh, there in Lexington or wherever in Kentucky and, and seen that massive ark that somebody has built. This replica. It's huge. It's massive. And you, you get to walk into this place and kind of see what it may have looked like on the outside and on the inside. And yet as massive as it is, it is still just a speck on this earth. 
and that as massive as it is, you see that as the elephants get on, and as the lions get on, and as the hippos get on, and the rhinos get on, and all of these other creatures start getting on the ark, this great big ark starts seeming smaller by the minute. It is then that you have come to the realization, now that I have the necessities, now that I have everything He told me I needed to make sure was on the ark, now I have to start thinking priorities. Now I've got to start thinking about the food that not only we're going to eat, but every single one of these animals are going to eat. I've got to start realizing there are some things that are important, that everything else at the moment seems unnecessary. But I need food, I need water, I need clothing, and I need shelter. Those are the things that we're really going to need here. And some of you who had to deal with Hurricane Harvey, and you had to flee your home because the water was pouring in. In that moment you had to decide really fast what was important to you. You had just a few moments to start looking around and saying I can live without that. I can live without the couch. I can I can replace the bed. I can replace this. But there were some things that no doubt people went through their home and saying I'll never have another one of those. This will never be able to be replaced. I can't find another one of these in all my days. So this is important and this is necessary. That rescue boat can't rescue my family and all of my things. I've got to take inventory. So as much as did fit on the ark, how many things did they go through and start saying, no, you don't understand. We've got, we've got a, a guideline here that we have to go by. And I know you want to bring all of these things with you. I I know you enjoy all of this stuff but Sham I hate to tell you it's not going to fit on the ark honey I hate to tell you but that can't come with us I I know you love it and I know you appreciate it and not that it's wrong but where God is about to take us you cannot bring it with you and it's the same today there's some things that are a part of your life some things that you might hold near and dear to you some people that may be close to you but you hear me there's going to come a day where you're not going to be able to take it with you you can't take the basketball with you you can't take the video games with you and the clothes with you and all the shoes with you and the dishes with you when it comes down to it when it comes down to looking at the ark and that vessel and you're saying okay all I got to do is make sure that my family is safe all I got to do is make sure I've obeyed the word of God All I've got to do is stick to the plan of salvation. All I've got to do is keep praying. All I've got to do is keep believing. All I've got to do is keep loving God. I said it the other day and I'm going to say it again. Baptism in Jesus' name is important. But more than it is important, it is essential. It is necessary to our salvation. Being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is not some cute little add-on that God wanted to give you like a side of french fries. But the Holy Ghost is God's Spirit living in you. Is it important? Oh yes, it's important. But more than being important, it is necessary 
necessary and we've got to start acting like it and we've got to start living like it because this ark it requires you to be on board for you to make this trip and we've got to make sure we're doing everything by the plan that God gave us I've got to stick to that plan Honey, I know you want to bring the China, but the China's got to stay. I know you want to bring all of these things, but it can't come along for the ride because there's only so much room. There's only so much room, and I don't want to waste the space with things that at the end of the day I really don't need. We've got to prioritize. We are going to have to live without some things. And we really need to prioritize what is important and what we have room for and what we don't. We've got to start telling our kids that baptism in Jesus' name is important. It's not something that we talk about every once in a while and, and we just mention every few services and you, well, I'll wait till the pastor really starts hammering it in and, and then I'll tell him, no, you tell him right now. You start telling them right now. Well, they don't understand it all right now. That's okay. You let God work that out. You just begin to tell them, hey, look, this isn't mom and dad's opinion. This is what the word says. This is what the plan says. If you want to get on the ark, if you want to be saved, you've got to be baptized in Jesus name you've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues you've got to live a holy life that's pleasing and acceptable to God 2 Peter 3 and 9 the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness oh he's taken too long he's forgotten about you He's not coming back. But the Lord is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's holding back. He knows the day. He knows the hour. Scripture says that's reserved for him to know and him to know only. And he's sitting there and he's saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting till your daughter gets back. I'm waiting till your son comes back to God. I'm waiting on that moment and we're in here and I I want God to come back just as much as any of you. But there are days that in my spirit I'm saying, God, thank you that you haven't come yet because there's still some people I want to see saved there's still some promises oh God that I want you to fulfill there's some babies that we want to see go down in that water in Jesus name so as long as you tarry and as long as you wait and as long suffering as you want to be God we're going to trust you God is patiently waiting but once he's finished and once we get on board God shuts that door not me not the preacher not mom and dad it is God who comes in and shuts that door Noah wasn't building the ark to fit his needs he was building the ark based on the plan of God Noah wasn't worried about having a man cave Noah wasn't worried about having extra space for him to store his stuff 
Noah wasn't worried in having these negotiation talks with God. Noah was worried about seeing his family saved. How do I know? Because scripture says Noah did everything God commanded. Again, Noah did everything God commanded. Scripture says, and as commanded, Noah did what God had asked of him. Noah didn't try to explain why he needed more or less. Noah did what God said. Noah was a man that just heard the voice of God and he saw the destruction that was coming and he said, I can't afford to negotiate with God. I can't afford to play games and and go through all of this. You don't understand. I was given a plan. It wasn't just some chicken scratch on a paper, but God is a God of details. There was a reason for having a door. There was a reason for having that place of entrance and that it stayed open as long as it did. There was a reason for having a window. There was a reason that God chose that type of wood and those measurements. There was a reason this animal didn't get placed by that animal. There was a reason the birds were not by the cats. And there was a reason that the woodpeckers were in the middle of the ark. Don't tell me that God didn't think about all of these things. Don't tell me that God did not instruct them and say, you know what? I want you to put these animals with these animals. And I want there to be some separation. I want there to be peace in the boat. I want there to be birds here and lions here and zebras here and hippos here. And I'm going to set it all in order. The Old Testament tabernacle, God gives instructions. He didn't say, just go get some stuff and throw it in a room and we'll have church. He said, there is a plan. There is a process. There is a reason that we have the altar first. There is a reason we have a place of sacrifice first. There is a reason there's a place that we come and lay that sacrifice down and let it be consumed by fire first. And that then we go to water. And that then we go into the presence where there's the table of showbread and the candlesticks. And then we go to other things. And then the altar of incense. And then there's the Holy of holies then there's the ark of the covenant then it was all measured out the way it was supposed to be it was made with what God said it was supposed to be made with God is a very intentional God every detail of your life is important to him he said even the hairs upon your very head are numbered you can place the nail here when God said put it there you can try to do things your way You can ignore the plans for the lion's space if you want to. But if I am involved, I'm going to do it the way that God said it. I'm going to build it the way God said it. I'm going to lay it out the way that God said it. You can skip the steps if you want to and be like most men and just throw out the instructions and say, I think we'll figure it out. But when the water starts seeping in, don't look at God. Don't look at other people and say, well, why is this happening? Because you didn't stick to the instructions. Because you had your way. Because you wanted to build the ark with some cool things. And you wanted to change the plan to fit your need. Or your desire. 
when what you really needed is just a vessel that could withstand a storm and could float and could save your family and the animals that I needed saved. When it comes to building an ark, I think I might just sit back and be quiet and do what I'm told. You see, Noah realized that his life and the life of those in his family were counting on him to get it right. Noah realized there was a weight put on his shoulders, a burden that no one else may understand. And you can do it like the instructions say to do it. Because it is a plan worth following. This was Noah's plan of salvation. Where we hold so dearly Acts 2.38 as our saving grace. Noah held those plans that God had given him as his plans for salvation. Hebrews 11 and 7 said, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. He saw some things that stirred him. God allowed him to see through a window of what was coming and gave him the opportunity to say, okay, Noah, I want you to know this is what I'm about to do. The whole earth is about to be covered. Everyone, everything is about to die. Everything is about to be total loss. Now I want to know, Noah, do you want to accept my plan of salvation? Do you want to be saved? Do you want your wife saved and your boys saved and their wives saved? Do you want to see humanity redeemed? Is that something that you're interested in? And Noah moved with fear. He said, oh, I want to see my family saved. I want to do what is right. I want to make sure I'm building this ark. He was then given the resources and God gave him instruction. And I don't believe for one second that Noah just knew how to build a boat. But being obedient to God, he learned how to do what needed to be done. There's times in this life that I've lived for God that I didn't know what to do. That I would throw my hands up and say, God, I don't know what to do with this situation. God, I don't know how my family's gonna get through it. I don't know, God, how, how this is all going to work out. But as we sang a moment ago, God began to order steps and God began to lead you through His Word and God began to instruct you and say, all right, I want you to walk there. I want you to draw the line there. I want you to put the piece of wood right there, measure it out this long. Put the nail in right there, Noah. Come on, find some, find some, go get that piece over there. And God, piece by piece, begins instructing him. If God says the line is here, then the line is here. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what opinion says. It doesn't matter what the news said. If God said the board goes here, then the board goes here. If God said it's a sin, then it's a sin. If God said this is what you need to do, then that, my friend, is what you need to do. It doesn't matter what those around me are saying. If what you're hearing is different than what has been written,
then what you are hearing needs to be silenced. Some of us need to look around at those around us and say, do you want to be heard or do you want to be saved? Are you just wanting your opinion told or are you interested in salvation? Because there are opinions everywhere. There are people that tell you how to have it and how to make it and how to have money and how to live good and healthy and all of these things and they've got all the answers and at the end of the day I've got to go back to my checklist and say I hear you I understand but that's not part of what God gave me and I love and appreciate you but I've got to stick to this I've got to stick to what God gave me because I don't have time to play with God. Yes, He's patient right now and He's long-suffering right now, but there's going to come a day where He's going to come back again and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then the we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. I don't know when that day will be. My friends don't know when that day will be. Only God knows. So I've got to make sure that I'm building the ark now. That I'm preparing the place now. That I'm working now. And I'm not slumbering in a season where I ought to be working. Right now I have grace. He's long-suffering, but I will not take His long-suffering for granted. I've got to get the job done and I've got to get on board. Literally. I've got to make sure that my boys are on board. I've got to make sure that my spouse is on board. The word said God patiently waited while the ark was being prepared. That tells me Noah was working while God was waiting. That tells me that Noah understood the weight and the responsibility that was on his shoulder. And he did not take it lightly. He said, I've got to keep building. I've got to keep doing what God has said. God is giving you time to do what you've got to do to get it done. He isn't clueless. He hasn't changed his mind. He's not delaying or denying. He is waiting on me to get my act together he's waiting on me to do it right and do it by the word he's waiting until your sons are here he's waiting until their spouses are here he's waiting on everything that he has been calling every pair every animal everything that God is beckoning saying come 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 God said oh I'm waiting it's coming it's on its way right now and in any given day and any given moment the Lord is going to come back in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and I've got to make sure the ark is ready let's stand all over this house tonight we have come so far since the flood and we live in the promise that the Lord will never flood the earth again But if that verse from our text were to speak today. For during the time of Landon. God is patiently waiting. While things are being prepared. During the time of Caleb. God is patiently waiting. While he's getting things in order. During the days of Tim. 
God is patiently waiting while things are being put in order. Is there a Noah who will hear the word of the Lord tonight? Is there a father who takes the saving of his family serious enough to say no to some things that cannot come on the ark and say, I love you, but we don't have room for that in this place. I love you, son, but that ain't going to make it where we are going. Is there a father willing to build Is there some women willing to get on board and come along their husband and be a helpmeet? And say, honey, I see you working. I see you praying. I see you doing all this for our family. Is there anything that I can do? Is there a board I can pick up? Is there a nail that I could put in? Because this is a family endeavor. I want to make sure every one of us are saved. God waited for eight But Noah carried the weight for those eight. Matthew 24 in the Passion speaks of this day that we're living in today. Said concerning that day and exact hour, no one knows when it will arrive. Not even the angels of heaven, only the Father knows. For it will be like it was in the days of Noah when the Son of Man appears. Before the flood, people lived their lives eating, drinking, marrying, and having children. They didn't realize the end was near until Noah entered the ark. And then suddenly the flood came and took them all away in judgment. It will happen the same way when the Son of Man appears. Verse 42 said, this is why you must stay alert because no one knows the day your Lord will come. This is more than just me. This is the saving of my family. This is more than my thoughts or what I want or what I think that I need. Because God didn't just wait for Noah. God waited for His family. I know it's not a lot. Eight people seem so small. But today we heard about how God stopped and noticed one in a crowd of people. And tonight we hear about how God held back and was long-suffering to see just eight saved An eight that made it on to the ark. But God, if you can wait for Noah's eight, then I believe you can wait for my five. God, don't let me waste these years thinking I've got time on my side. Fathers, if you're here tonight, don't think that we have all of the time in the world. Mom, if you're here Don't simply go through your days just marking off the calendar, just trying to make it, just trying to survive another day. Man and woman of God, maybe you don't have kids yet. Maybe you're 20 years away. But start preparing now. 
Start building that ark now. Because there is going to come a day when it's going to fall again. No, it won't be rain like it was then. It'll be different. But in your mind, put yourself in the shoes of Noah. And the water begin to crash down. And the wind begin to blow after that door shut. And oh, the rain pouring, the flood waters rising even over the mountaintop. That when you open the window, all you saw was water as far as the eye could see in every direction. And the wind and the waves beat down on that ark. And you were inside. And though you heard the chaos on the outside, don't you know that Noah sat there with tears in his eyes as he held his wife in his arms and held the hands of his sons and his daughter-in-law and said, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm in here and not out there. Thank you, God, that I'm in the church and not out of the church. Thank you, God, that I have a safe place and that my family is here with me. And if your family is not here with you, if you have a son or a daughter or a grandchild or a brother, sister or a spouse that's not living for God, know that our God God is long-suffering and He is waiting patiently. He understands the weight that you're carrying. He understands the weight that you're carrying for your family. And God said, I'm waiting. I'm waiting tonight. God is waiting for somebody to come to an altar tonight with their family. God is waiting on somebody to come tonight as I open these altars and say, God, I don't know the day. I don't know the hour, but I've got to be ready. I've got to stick to your plan, oh God. I've got to make sure that my family is saved. I don't care how old my kids get. They'll always be my babies. And God, I'm going to call out their name right now if they're not here. God, I'm going to call out my loved one. I'm going to call out my friend. Oh God, tonight I pray that there would be some men of God that would begin to declare some things over their family. Oh, we can't take that with us. It's not important. Oh, I know we enjoy it here. I know we enjoy it now. But when that day comes, it ain't going to matter. It's not going to matter. Come on, embrace somebody around you that's your loved one. Come on, tell them we've got to make it. We've got to make it. Oh, God is waiting. God is waiting until I get on board. God is waiting until I get it all done. God, don't let me wait. God, don't let me negotiate. Don't let me try to do it my way. This is for the saving of my family. The reason I come to an altar, the reason I come to the house of God, the reason I come into this place is because it's for the saving of my family. Come on, somebody needs to travail right now.
Somebody needs to begin to intercede right now. Oh God, save my babies. Save my children, Lord. Save my spouse, God. Lord, help us to all get where we need to be before it's too late. Before time is run out, God. Oh, it's still essential. Oh, it's still essential. God, let us follow our plan of salvation. Let us stick to your word, oh God. Come on, dads, let me hear you praying. Come on, fathers, let me hear you praying. Come on, pray over your children. Pray over your spouse. Come on, rise up like Noah, who had faith in the middle of the scoffers, in the middle of those that didn't understand, and say, I'm doing this for my family. I'm building this for my family. I'm praying for my family. I'm living a life sold out for my family. Laugh all you want to. Oh, but there's going to come a day where I'm going to be so glad that I live the life that I live.